Welcome to The Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. Break away for nonstop chill. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready? Let's rush the zone. ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Breakaway from the nonstop chill with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle, coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios in downtown Chicago. You can reach us at 312-332-3776. You can watch and listen to the show on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Good morning, Brian. How you doing? I am doing great, Patrick. How are you? Doing okay. Uh, Hawks with about uh, 15 games to go in the regular season. And they sit now four points back of Nashville for that four seed in the Central. And they kick off now a five-game road trip. But these next four games are against Columbus and Detroit, two teams that they're a combined nine and three against this season. Brian, they have to take three of four at least in these next four games if they want to stay alive for the pursuit of that four spot and a playoff seed. Yeah, I mean, that's the situation they put themselves in. I Three or four, you're right. I mean, you might have to run the table here because you're four points back uh, of Nashville, and Nashville's 9-1 and one their last 10. We talked about it last week. It was a Twitter poll question. You know, which team do you think is going to grab hold of that final playoff spot? And I voted for Nashville just because I'm watching the Hawks, but, you know, Nashville has been playing really good hockey for the last two, three weeks anyway, so... You better take advantage of the bottom feeders because otherwise those games against Nashville won't mean very much. Nashville's been unstoppable. They've won 9 of 10, but they do have the more difficult schedule coming up here over the next couple of weeks. They've got uh, Tampa today. They've got Dallas tomorrow and then Tampa again on Tuesday and then two against Carolina. So they've got, you know, Dallas is in the fight for the four seed and they've got uh, three, four games against the upper echelon teams in Tampa and Carolina. So advantage Hawks before that three-game series, the third week in April, when the Hawks take on Nashville in Nashville and then two at the United Center. Three consecutive games that will likely decide whether or not the Hawks are going to remain in the playoff discussion. Interesting word, advantage. Um I feel like Chris Farley. You remember when the Blackhawks had the best power play in the league? <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Remember when the PK wasn't killing you? Uh, oh, oh, oh. I mean, what is going on? Which is worse right now? The, the once 36% conversion rate for the top power play in the league is now, what, 24%? Yeah. Okay, so you you got to hear these numbers, Brian. You bring this up, and, and really special teams is killing Ugh. this team right now. So my colleague at NBC Sports Chicago, Charlie Romeliotis, wrote about this yesterday. So through the first 18 games of the season, when the Hawks had that, that stranglehold on the four seed, they had the number two ranked power play in percentage at 33%. And they were 11th ranked in the penalty kill, killing 82% hmm. of their opposition's power plays. But since February 17th, the Blackhawks ranked 19th in power play percentage at 18.9, dead last in the penalty kill department at a whopping 66%. 
That is epically bad. And they've given up four shorthanded goals in the last 24 games. So it's it's the big reason why it's the buffet of bad. Yeah. So like even the shorties that needs that needs to be fixed. That needs to be. I mean, they've got one power play goal over the last twenty, 20. opportunities. That that you and I might be able to convert one of those. You and I might get <laughs> put me in front. Of, put me in front of the net with uh, with Kane and DeBrinket, and I'll I'll take my chances. Yeah, yeah. I'll put I'll put my big rear end out there and see if a puck goes off it. I mean, they were trying everything yesterday. They had five forwards as a power play unit yesterday, so they 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 went with. It, they scrapped the uh, 1D4 forward uh, look that, you know, typically is what you see right. in the National Hockey League. They had Kane, Kubali, Kurashev, Hinnestroza, and Soderberg out there together. Maybe they should go 5D. Um, uh, no, no. no. <laughs> not there Let's yet. not do that. No, I'm, I'm not ready uh, yeah. for that. Remember when the nuclear option was Kane and Caves, or Kane and Taves on yeah. the same line, right? Yes. Uh, I, I, one out of the last 20. It, and now you hear talk out of the room well you know it's not only that now you're so concerned about making a mistake you don't want to shoot right so and the numbers back that up so you're not you're you're not generating enough chances on the power play to even get a second one in in 20 so i mean it's i don't know how you fix it in the final 15 i don't know how it got bad here in the last 15 well uh, you know a little bit is I think when you're playing the same teams over and over, and now we're playing these teams for fifth and sixth and seventh time, they know everything about you. They have studied the power play and and your tendencies. And if you watch the penalty kills against the Blackhawks, they're very aggressive. They yeah, are just standing at the blue line. Come on, you're not getting in. No, first of all, they, there's there's getting in the zone. That that's yeah. been difficult. They've worked on different ways to try to enter the zone. They used usually use that drop back technique, and that has been uh, sniffed out by the opposition. So now they're trying other ways to do that. But once they get into the zone and set up the power play, look at how the penalty kill isn't a tight four-man box they are out on the edges pursuing uh the point and Patrick Kane on the half wall and to break it on the other side they're really shading towards Kane's side because they know that that's where most of the damage has been done so they're trying to find some answers there you can get away with an average power play if your penalty kill is up to snuff and the Hawks have won Stanley Cups with okay power plays but stellar penalty kills. That is not the case with this unit this year. So they're trying some different things. They had Alex Debrinkit out on the penalty kill yesterday. Uh, we saw uh, Kirby Doc on on the penalty kill uh, in the last game. Last game was interesting because it was a fantastic first period by the Blackhawks where they outshot and outchanced Dallas. But Dallas got one power play and scored on it. So it was 1-1 one, one after 1. You've got a power play to start the second period. And a, a phantom call is made seconds in to nullify that power play. And then you give up a goal 4-on-4. Four four. And it's just, this team is, they're struggling when they hit adversity. And I thought it was interesting what Connor Murphy had to say. This is, this is Connor Murphy after the 5-1 loss to the Stars, talking about how fragile the Hawks are when they're presented with adverse situations during a game. That's been um, a bit of a theme with our losses is that 
uh, we seem to be a little bit fragile and, uh, instead of, uh, picking each other up and after, um, after whether it's a mistake on a goal or, or a, a shift where, uh, they're on us, we don't seem to be responding very well. So, um, that's on us as a group and, um, even a leadership group for us to be able to uh, recognize things and get our team uh, going the right direction. What'd you make of that, Brian? Well, I mean, you like, you like his honesty, yeah. but you hate to hear the word fragile. Fra- I mean, this was a team that, that when it was solidly holding a playoff spot, it wasn't because of skill. It was because of grit, determination, competitiveness, you know, all the, all the intangibles you'd like to, you have to have on a team that doesn't have enough talent. So now when things start going south on you, everyone kind of clenches up, right? Now, no one wants to make the next mistake and it all kind of compounds itself because now you're not playing even to the level you're capable of. And so the mistakes start ending up in the back of the net and you're not generating, I mean, even in your best of times, you're not generating enough offense five on five. And, and it'll be interesting to see how Stan continues to address that as we hit the Monday trade deadline, because he's made a couple of moves already. Nothing that gets you super excited, obviously, but that's kind of the state of the Blackhawks currently. But unless he's got some surprise move coming by two o'clock Monday, uh, it will be interesting or maybe it won't be interesting, but you know, right now he's got to put pieces to together on this puzzle and add pieces and, and really um, until you start getting legit uh, goal scores, the, the fragile thing is really a concern. Well, the fragile thing might be, you know, the byproduct of a young team trying to figure some things out. And, and we, we saw with like Nikita Zadorov the other night on the four on four, he makes a bad turnover and then he compounds the situation by not picking up the man who is literally on top of Kevin Lankinen and the paint and has an easy tap in goal. So, like, it's there's things that they can clean up. Um, I, I, I'm still optimistic about this team. I still feel that they have exceeded a lot of our expectations. It seems like they have found a goalie who is at least a really, really solid 1A goalie. I don't know if he's the goalie that can take you to the Stanley Cup, but they found that. Patrick Kane and DeBrinket have found some Panarin Kane-esque chemistry. Kirby Doc is back in the fold. Uh, Kubalik looks to be for real, and last year wasn't just a fluke. And some of these young guys like Suter and Kurashev, I like. I like what I see there. So there's sure. a lot to like, but there there are some things. And you brought up the the, the the mentality that they need to have, and we talked about this at nauseum on this show. That relentless work ethic. You got to have that every night. They're not going to out-talent you. They have to outwork you. And that's an area that on Thursday night, Dallas brought in the second period and the Hawks did not. And that's where Murphy said, look, we know exactly what the identity of this team is and what we need to do to win. Every game has to be a playoff mentality and we have to have... Uh have our desperation, our team game uh, together and uh, be working for each other and um, and playing uh, a strong, sturdy game that uh, that we do when we win. And, and uh, teams know, um, like Dallas tonight, they know that they they played uh, a hard, uh, simple game. And um, it seems like uh, them just outworking and, and playing, uh, playing discipline ended up uh, just helping them get rewarded and we weren't able to uh, play the same way. 
This is breaking news, powered by PointsBet Sportsbook on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. A little bit of a programming note here, guys, but the White Sox and Royals game has been postponed for tonight. Not a hockey note for you, but they will make it up on May 14th with a doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheader. So we will not have White Sox baseball here on the station today. And the reason is? The inclement weather. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of rain in the area today. We don't want to sit around like did it thursday worked out for him in the end i mean you know you don't mind spending 10 hours at the ballpark when you get a complete game also push the blackhawks to a non-hd channel we won't get into that but uh when you got three games let's get to uh, tyler Aki and i had a conversation before this show began and when we become commissioner of major league baseball every city every city has to have a retractable roof you want to play baseball retractable roof i don't care if it costs an extra bill make it make it happen because i am sick of as somebody who's been in this business a long time the amount of hours that i have consumed waiting for rain delays and pitching changes and it'll be an hour show it'll be an hour and a half show it'll be a 10 minute show it won't be a show oh drives me crazy my, my worst when I was covering baseball full time, sure. sometimes it was the White Sox, uh, and and at at the new uh, wasn't guaranteed rate at the time, but it was uh, the new ballpark, relatively new anyway. I think it might have been the first year. Anyway, to your point, you hate covering a game without a clock. Bottom of the ninth, I think the White Sox were down two nothing. Bottom of the ninth, two out, nobody on. They rally, they tie the game. I, I was about, yeah, I'm, I'm right up against my deadline. I'm about to send the story, hit the button. Now I got to rewrite the story. The rain starts. There's a power outage, extra innings. I think I was there till three in the morning, which is, you, know, you can't get a score in the paper at the time. I mean, it's just like yeah. a complete nightmare from, you know, we're out of here. They, they you know, they, we'll get them tomorrow, all that stuff too. The whole thing turns around on you. And then the rains and rains so hard that the, the, the power goes out on top of it. So the uh, the White Sox will not play Kansas City today. They will make up that game at a later date. And will we have White Sox weekly, Tyler Aki? TBD. TBD. Oh, we'll keep come you on. Up. The Urminator can well, carry two hours. That's true. That's true. Hey, coming up on the other side, Blackhawks made uh, a couple of deals in the last week with the Florida Panthers. We'll break down the latest. We'll hear from Stan Bowman on the other side. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill White Sox baseball. Today's game was postponed against Kansas City, but the show must go on. White Sox Weekly, weekly will commence uh, with Connor at 10.30. It'll be 10.30 to 12.30 right here on ESPN 1000. It's uh, Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you, per usual, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian, the Hawks made uh, another deal with the Florida Panthers this week, 
We saw them acquire Bartlett's own Vinny Hinnestroza a week ago. Vinny uh, looked great in his first two games back in the Indian head sweater. A goal, uh, let's, let's see, two, no, two assists. Two mm-hmm. assists in his uh, first two games back. And, uh, and then they made a deal on Thursday where they acquired forward Brett Connolly, a defenseman Riley Stillman, and the rights to Henrik Borkstrom and a seventh-round pick in exchange for Lucas Walmark and, and Lucas Carlson. So the... the uh, Are we all on Lucas's? We're, that, that was it. Not a good yeah. day to be a Lucas in the Blackhawks family on Thursday. You were You had to pack your bags and you must leave. I love the fact that Conley and Stillman were driving to Columbus, Ohio, too. I mean, were they were they actually someone driving them, or was it like planes, trains, well, and automobiles? Well, no. There? So Vinny Vinny drove right. from uh, Fort Lauderdale to Chicago last weekend with two dogs in the car. He said, and he said it wasn't a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why they're driving is so that if they, don't they get took, COVID. yeah, well, that and and if you uh, take a commercial flight, you have a longer quarantine period per NHL protocol. So if you drive yourself from your NHL bubble in Florida to the team's so-called bubble in Columbus, you're able to play almost right away. So that's the reasoning for the driving. Couldn't someone afford a private plane? Uh, I mean, if you got 11 or $12 million to buy the Ice Hawks, couldn't you just, you know, put two of them on the plane together? I mean, you're going to tell Rocky, how to spend hey, his money? I, I covered the Hawks when they flew commercial, and, and guys like Steve Smith were sitting in the middle seat next to two insurance guys talking their ears off. So, yeah. I mean, those days, I thought were no, They get a little windshield time. They said, hey, hey, uh, Connolly, uh, Stillman, uh, here's the rental car, and uh, okay, you've got about, go. uh, you got about 17 hours to get to Columbus. Enjoy, boys. Yeah, There's a Waffle House on the way that you really <laughs> want to check out. So... They get Connolly, who's you know 28 years of age, has not produced much this year, but uh, he had 22 goals a couple of seasons ago in route to a cup with uh, the Washington Capitals. He brings some size. He is a quick shot, quick release. Uh, here's Stan Bowman on the acquisition of Connolly, who does bring a, a bit of term uh, to you know his contract. He has. $3.5 million owed to him in each of the next two seasons after this season. Here's Bowman on Connolly. Looking back at his last couple of years, and uh, in particular, you know, he was a pretty good contributor to a Stanley Cup winning team in Washington. Uh, you know, he had some size to our group, which we don't have a lot of at the moment, and I think that's something that uh, is never a bad thing. He's got a great shot. Uh, he's a goal scorer. He's one of those guys that doesn't need a lot of opportunities. He's got a really good release. Uh, so we think that he's someone that can can fit in with this group. So um, you know, from that part of it, wasn't too concerned about his contract. So it's interesting uh, to see where Connolly's going to slot in. They, uh, he, I, I do think that this team needs some size. There's one thing when you've watched them take on some bigger teams in Tampa and at times Florida and Carolina. Uh, they, you know, one thing is being determined to get to the front of the net and the other is being able to stay there. And the Hawks, you know, I don't want to say lead the league in, in five foot 11, five foot 10 
180 pound forwards. They're in the team picture, but they're they're, they're close yeah. to it, right? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, there's one there was one common denominator with all the acquisitions, other than Vinny, that they have made in the last week, including their signing. It, they've gone for for bigger bodies, both on the blue line uh, in Stillman and uh, in this case with Bjorkstrom and Connolly in the forward spot. And I think that's yeah, something I mean, that Borkstrom's, they need. Borkstrom six three, and he's in Finland. And you know, I know that Stan talked about how how he liked him when he was at University of Denver, and he had a good rookie season, but kind of lost his way uh, in the ensuing years and ends up in in finland gonna have to get a contract done but i mean whatever stan saw a few years ago he hopes to to re-spark here but size is always good you can't coach that obviously um this you know stillman bringing quote-unquote hardness for a team that's now fragile probably doesn't hurt you at all i know colleton said don't know when we're going to put him in there hey Conley with his 15 to 20 goals in each of the last three, four seasons, put him on the power play tonight. Yeah. If he's in Columbus, I, I what's the weight? Throw him out there. Get that rental car returned to Avis and get get him some skate sharpened and get him out on the ice. Amen. I, think, I mean, come on. Uh, Bjorkstrom is the is the piece to this trade. I, I you know when you look at the seven million they're committing to Connolly, I think it's it's really seven million that they're spending to have the rights to sign Bjorkstrom. He's the key piece to this deal. You know, this is a, uh, he once led his conference in scoring. He was a Hobie Baker finalist. You mentioned how when uh, Stan would go and see Ian Mitchell in Denver, how he was always drawn to Bjorkstrom because he was just an unbelievable productive player. I mean, in fact, he he called him one of the, the, Best players he's seen in the collegiate ranks in the last 10 years. Here's Bowman on that. I mean, I noticed Henrik quite a bit back when uh, we had Ian Mitchell and uh, at the time it was Blake Hillman. They they were at Denver, and I was going to scout those guys frequently back then. And anytime you would go watch Denver play those days, uh, Henrik was a dominant college player, like one of the best college players I've seen in the last 10 years. Um, Really high-end skill. And uh, he he did it all in college, and you know he seemed destined to for greatness in the NHL, and you know it didn't happen right away for him. I think sometimes that that's the case for young players is that there's an adaptation to the NHL, and um, you know he had pretty pretty good season in the American League, and then last year never really found his way there. So uh, I think when you look at his best game, um, it's pretty impressive. So he's playing right now in Finland. Stan Bowman said that he talked to Bjorkstrom's agent and they they seem like it's gonna it's a fait accompli that he will sign a deal, come stateside and play either, you know, hopefully for the Blackhawks next season, if not in Rockford. But um look, they've gone this route before, Brian. You know, they've gone the route of the player who's been drafted or has North American experience, like a Dominic Kubalik or a Pew Suter, who then goes back over to Europe in their early 20s, matures a little bit, and then comes back to the NHL at age 23 or 24. They've gone down that road, and that road's looked pretty good the last couple of years, and they're hoping that Henrik follows the same lead. Well, and, and I wonder, and it really has been a formula that it maybe doesn't completely wow you, but it has been productive, as you said, Pat. Um, I don't know how excited Hawks fans get over that. And again, 
you know, just over 48 hours away from the trade deadline on Monday afternoon. Uh, it doesn't sound like Stan's got any kind of headline grabbing type deal up his sleeve, but you never know. And I just wonder if Hawks fans, you know, they can go to our Twitter poll and uh, vote on what this trade deadline means, given the current state of affairs with the Blackhawks. But, um, you know, these are pieces that he's adding and he's adding size and he's adding guys who once looked apart, but not necessarily looked apart right now. I, next year at the trade deadline, do you actually go out and get a guy who you don't have to project or, or look back in three years, four years to find that form? You guys actually a, you know, top six forward or a top four D man because I mean, if you're you one need. player away, like, I mean, Stan's shown that in the past and, 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 you know, the, he went for it every time, 13, 14, 15, 16, all those years he went for it. And so now we're just in a different spot. Right. right. Now, if, if, if a year from now they're one player away from making a legit run at a cup and they've got cap space. Yeah. I, I would think they'd go for it. I don't, I don't know if the timeline is one year away from all they they're, they're down to one key piece. No, I would say it's probably at least a couple of years away. And it also was interesting how he uh, how he's put it together when he was asked about guys like Soderberg and Yanmark, and he, he said, well, there's a scenario where they would remain with us. That told me they're out the door by Monday <laughs> afternoon. And let's quickly do uh, one-timers here before we have Eddie Olchek. One-timers. One-timer by Edmonton. On the Hockey Show. On ESPN 1000. It's one-timers. We take a uh, quick trip around, could be around the NHL, anywhere in hockey. Lead us off here, Brian. What do you have for us in one-timers? Speaking of trade deadline moves or possible moves, uh, I direct you to Buffalo. Ooh, bad (laughs) Buffalo. Bad, real bad. Oh, bad. Uh, Taylor Hall who was once really, really good, uh, Taylor Hall. First overall pick, Hart Trophy winner in 2018. Two goals with the Sad Sabres. Um, signed a one-year $8 million contract with Buffalo, so unrestricted at the end of the season. 30, uh, 29, soon to be 30 years old in the fall. Five teams now after, what, four or five years with Edmonton. Um, certainly has been on the decline the last few years. The asking price is a first-round pick at minimum. The Hawks aren't in this conversation, and maybe you know they, there's indications that Hall would sign a long, long-term contract or a few-year-term contract to get Buffalo its asking price, but that's not set in ink right now. Would Boston uh, give up that first-round pick? Would a playoff team with Stanley Cup aspirations do it? And really, I mean – doesn't Stan Bowman have to pick up the phone and at least ask or to have his scouting staff, you know, talk talk Taylor Hall well, for fifteen uh, you, minutes? You know, the the uh, the Hawks could be the third team in the equation if somebody is struggling and can't fit Hall under their current cap. The Hawks still have plenty of space. I mean, if if you're reclamating players and saying, well, you know, I like the guy in his rookie year and at Denver. Do you like a former Hart Trophy winner three uh, years I, I, ago? I'm not swinging right now. I mean, no. look, first of all, a lot plays into what's the future of Jonathan Tapes. Well, and, and, absolutely. And before you, you make any decisions like that. So uh, 
Shouldn't they have more information than we do on that? Shouldn't they have an inclination, what you know, percentage-wise, what that looks like for them? Um, yeah, I would think they would. I would think they would, but I'm sure that's you know obviously not going to be uh, told to us until you know no. the proper time. I also think that you know the asking price is a first-round pick. I don't think a first-round pick this year is worth the same as a first-round pick next year or the year after because of the uncertainty of this draft. The the sample size of the players that you're evaluating, you're only looking at like 15, 20 games in the uh, Western Canadian League where you're looking, oh, OHL is just starting, some collegiate teams didn't play, played minimal schedules. So I don't think the, the draft picks, maybe this is the year you give up a first rounder because it's not worth what it's going to be worth in the in the upcoming seasons under a normal draft scenario. Hey, to your point, Edmonton's already dealt its second, third, and fifth round picks for this year. And I was just looking at some of the deals already made. It's running about 50-50 where teams are either acquiring uh, picks for this draft or saying, give me 2022. I mean, Riley Nash went from Columbus to Toronto for a condition, uh, a, a, a pick that could be, it's a seventh, but could be a sixth next year if he plays 25% of their playoff games. And Anaheim even was dealing for 20, 2023 picks. So I think right now you're seeing teams saying we're not certain because we haven't been able to go eyeball these guys in person. So we're, we're taking our we'll take our picks in the next one or two years and, and deal with it then. Next on one timers. <laughs> that just didn't pop up. Uh, so I don't know if you caught this, but the, uh, you did because you mentioned it earlier. Blackhawks bought uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs. For almost twelve million dollars this week, uh, a big part of the equation is a twenty-three million dollar investment in the BMO Harris Bank Center there in in downtown Rockford. Uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs are a big part of that community. That uh, that arena is a big part of downtown Rockford. So I know there's some folks listening to us there in Rockford. That is great news for you. Great news for the businesses uh, that surround that arena that uh, it's going to get a facelift and it's just another uh another sign that the how the Hawks are committed to the synergy in their franchise that they're taking their AHL affiliate bringing it in the fold updating their facility and uh you know giving their future the same types of tools that their current team uses yeah. and and I think that's that's an awesome investment from the Wirtz family yeah, when you can make sure that your message is being, you know, uh, coached up at every level, especially the level right uh, beneath the, uh, the the NHL level, so everyone's on the same page. They know what to expect when they get promoted. And as you said, the facilities. If you give them first-rate facilities, and it just makes everything more seamless, right? You get your your coaching is more in sync with what you're trying to do, and if every first-class organization likes to have control over every aspect of the minor leagues to, to make sure they're getting their prospects, you know, uh, to, to the best possible uh, level before they get up to the, uh, to the major league level. Speaking of minor league hockey, last night history was made in Indianapolis. Uh, the one and only Eddie Olchek was in the broadcast booth for the Indy Fuel with his son, Nick Olchek. We'll talk to Edzo about that experience and the Blackhawks ahead of the trade deadline. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. 
You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN1000, Chicago's home for sports. Rolling on on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios later tonight. It is Blackhawks and Blue Jackets on NBC Sports Chicago. Pre-game at 5.30, 6 o'clock puck drop with the Hall of Famers, Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek. And right now, Edzo joins us. On ESPN 1000. Good morning, Edzo. Uh, history made last night in Indianapolis <laughs> as you joined uh, Nick Olchek in the broadcast booth for the Indy Fuel ECHL game. How did that experience go for you? Well, PB and Brian, thanks for having me, boys. Uh, always good to chat with you. Uh, yeah, it was a great experience, PB, uh, to get a chance to... Uh, to work a game with Nick, and uh, he's been down in Indy for the last couple of years, an aspiring uh, broadcaster, and uh, to get a chance to uh, go down there was just a great experience. I mean, just to drive down, uh, you know, brought me back down memory lane about, uh, you know, being a a parent and a hockey parent and, you know, making those drives to uh, practice and to games, and uh, here we were going to work together, and, uh very appreciative of the opportunity that uh, Jim Hallett, the owner of the Indy Fuel, and of course for people that may not know, uh, the Indy Fuel, uh, one of the minor league affiliates for the uh, the Blackhawks, and I guess you would call them the Double A affiliate, with Rockford being the Triple A affiliate. And, uh, we had talked about it last year, and uh, we never came to fruition, and then the pandemic hit, and then we talked about it a little bit this year and saw an open night, and uh, we said let's jump on it. So I, I think. Uh, Rocky and Danny Wirtz and uh, Jamie Faulkner for signing off on it and supporting it. And uh, it was just a great night for me and Nick and our family. And uh, uh, it was uh, it was good. It was a lot of fun, a lot of stories. It was a good, entertaining game. Unfortunately, Indy lost last night to Fort Wayne. But uh, it was uh, something certainly that uh, both Nick and I will never forget. That is terrific. What a great, great night for you, Edzo. Uh, Pierre, between the glass? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Tommy Olchek. Let's send it downstairs <laughs> to Tommy Olchek. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, well, actually, Tommy, um, one of my other boys, actually played in Indy uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, so that's kind of how the relationship uh, had, had been built between, the, you know, the Fuel family and the Olchek family. But no, no, Pierre was not inside the glass. <laughs> it was just the three of us up in the booth and... Uh, Andrew Smith, uh, Nick's uh, partner, uh, did a great job of uh, getting both old checks in and uh, let us tell a few stories and have a few laughs. Great. And uh, actually, we had a uh, we actually had a, a glass problem over at the at the fairgrounds last night in Indy, and uh, gave me a chance to tell a story where I think I caught Nick off guard. Where I just said, "You know what, Nick? With that glass being down, I said it kind of reminds me of." When you were twelve or thirteen year olds, twelve or thirteen years old in our basement, and you were shooting tennis balls at the net in the basement, and I called you up for dinner, and you said, "Okay, I'll be up," and you kept shooting and shooting, and I called you again, and you kept shooting and shooting, and I said, "Nick, now he goes one more," and all of a sudden, one more went. Oops. He, he smashed the glass, and now we got a glass problem in the old tech household. And uh, so it was, you know, it, look at the time, it couldn't have been any better. And again, I'm just very thankful for that opportunity. It was, it was a, it was a great night. 
Did you see anyone who could help out the uh, power play of the Hawks down there? <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah, look, you had you had 100 power play goals in your career, 131 yeah. assists. I guess the bigger question might be, what what's easier to fix, the PK or the PPG? Yeah. Well, look, there's a lot there, Bri, right? And, and look, at having been on some really, really good power plays and then being on some power plays that just, I mean, you look at, we, we, you know, you turn to the coach and go, hey, can we decline this? Like, you know, like, you know, <laughs> that, I mean, look, at it, it Especially with the Seriously. shorthanded goals they've been giving yeah. up. They've given no, up yeah. five shorties. Yeah, no, look at, I mean, look at, it's happened. I mean, I'd skate by referees. I mean, Andy Van Helleman, Billy McCreary <laughs> back in the day and go, Look at we we got no chance on the scoring on the power play. I mean, it's just sometimes it goes. Keep that the whistle way. in at, your pocket. Yeah. yeah, right. Just keep it, and maybe we can can we uh, can we have a mulligan for the next game or whatever. <laughs> but uh, look at the power play was so good for so long, and for stretches where they had what maybe twelve and seven games, or they scored four and five. Now if they've got one in their last seven. And look at it, it. It's it's been an issue. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I think just right now, I, I think it's got to be less is more. Uh, I think shift length for me is a concern. Uh, you know, the number one unit plays. You know what, eighty five, ninety percent of it. And I think that you know, going through a stretch like this, I, I think it's got to be. Look at it, if there's nothing going on, forty five, fifty seconds. You want to leave Kaner out there with the second unit? Feel free. But for me, those guys got to realize, hey, if there's nothing going on. I got to get the hell off the ice and, and I got to let that second unit go. So, you know, it, it goes in streaks. It does. And I think for everybody to look at the power play and the great Pat Foley and I've talked about it a little bit here the last little while, because it's, you know, it's, 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 it's reared its head, right? I mean, it's just the reality If you, and we know what ifs are, but if you find a way to get another power play goal, one or two here in this last stretch of what, 13 games or whatever it is, Instead of going four and nine, maybe you're you know you're, you're five and eight, and then you're only two points out instead of being four points out. But when you're not winning, your power play isn't going, and the team that was chasing you goes on a run of winning what ten of eleven or whatever it is nine to ten Nashville. You see what happens in the standings. So look at simplifying, shorter shifts, and uh, in, in 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 figuring out uh, what the other team is trying to do, and then just have a mindset of. You know, look, at we're going to get back to it because the power play has proven that it can do it. Now, some people may say, and, and the analytics would tell you, PP, is that, you know, is the power play the power play that went, you know, 11 for 34 for a stretch there for, you know, eight or nine or 10 games, whatever it was, or is the power play this power play that's gone, you know, two for their last 18 or 19 or whatever the number is. So chances are it's not a 35% power play. And it's not a 4% power play. It's probably somewhere in the middle. And, and I've said this for a long time. I really believe this, having played and coached and, and now broadcasting forever, is power play and penalty killing over the course of a regular year. And, of course, nothing is regular in our lives right now. But I really believe is that if you could be a top 10 power play, it's going to be worth 8 to 10 points every single season. And that's mm. not just the difference between making the playoffs. That's the difference between getting home ice in the playoffs, and when you get home ice in a normal situation, you have the 22,000 greatest fans in the world coming to the United Center. Uh, that's more money in the pocket of, of the Wirtz family and the Blackhawk organization. So that's how important the power play is. And right now they're just going through a difficult time. So, look, at I've lived it as a player and as a coach, and, and, and I know the ups and downs that you can have. But right now they just have to simplify, 
I believe anyways, nobody's going to ask me, but I think they need to simplify. I need to, I think they have to go with two units and I think they have to shorten their shift. Eddie Olchek joins us on his favorite show on ESPN 1000, <laughs> the hockey show. I've heard you on Cap and, and Jay Hood, you know, don't, don't waste your time there. That <laughs> Cap doesn't care about hockey. He's, you know, he's his fair way. There's only one hockey aficionado in, in that Kaplan household. <laughs> And her name is Mindy. Yeah, I, I would I would concur on the latter part of that. Now, the one thing I will say about Cap is, you know, he's always looking to get his feet wet, so he's always looking for, <laughs> you know, any kind of information on, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of a game am I expecting tonight in yeah. uh, in, L- in L.A. Yeah. in L.A. between the Kings and the Coyotes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's when he's pl- that's when he's playing catch up. Uh, yeah. So hey, quickly the yeah. uh, the deal with Florida, they get yeah. Brett Connolly, the defenseman yeah. Riley Stillman, the rights to Henrik Bjorkstrom. Uh, and a seventh rounder. You called Connolly when he was with Washington. He had yeah. 22 goals that year when they won the cup. Uh, mm-hmm. What are Hawks fans getting in, in Connolly, and what can they expect? Well, a guy that's one, uh, a guy that can play on your second power play unit, a guy that can play up and down the lineup. Can he play in your top six consistently anymore, PB? I, I'm not so sure, but it's certainly a guy you can bump up if if if, if Jeremy wants to. You know, give him a shot with you know with Kaner on the side, or you know, look at I, I mean, yeah, you know, just kind of thinking out loud here. Um, you know, may, maybe you give Conley an opportunity on the number one power play unit, and you let Dylan Strom stay where he is because he can win faceoffs. You know, you pull Kirby Doc off the number one unit, you let him go to the second unit, and then you keep obviously Kaner, Debrinkin, and Boquist out there and see what they can do. Like I think he's a very good power play guy. He's a good bumper guy. Uh, he's got some experience. Yeah, he's got two years left on his deal at three and a half million a year. But uh, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out here. You know, this season in, in, in Florida. But he's a guy that can score, not overly quick, but a guy that uh, has the willingness and want to to uh, to get inside the dots and, uh, and, and and put the puck in the back of the net. Because right now, the Blackhawks certainly can use some some depth scoring and try to take a little bit of pressure off of uh, off of Kaner and the cat. And last one, the, the the player with the highest ceiling in this deal is Bjorkstrom. What have you mm-hmm. heard about him? Why didn't it work the first time around for the, the first round pick? Yeah, well, that's a, uh, that's probably the, uh, I guess if you do the quick math here, PB, it's probably the $7 million questions the Blackhawks are willing to ask. And, and for me, it's look at, you know, he's a guy that dominated college hockey. For whatever reason, it didn't work out in Florida, and uh, you know he's he's gone back home, and and the Hawks have to get you know sign him, get him here, and it certainly sounds like that that's going to end up happening at some point here, and and give him a fresh start. Hopefully, that's what it is. But look at, I mean, he's got some skill level, um, but again, I mean, it, it it's it's different. College hockey uh, in in pro hockey is way different, and at least at this point, it hasn't been able to work out. So hopefully, the Hawks can find the uh, the right switch here to turn it on because if he can get back to any similarity to what he was in, in college hockey at Denver University, um, you know, he's got an opportunity to put some points on the board. But again, uh, he's got to get here. You got to, you know, you got to play the pro game. You got to get, uh, you know, you got to get comfortable. And uh, it'll be really interesting how this uh, trade uh, pans out, not only, you know, in the next couple of weeks, but, you know, in the big picture, it is about the youngster Borkstrom for, uh, for Stan Bowman and the Blackhawks. Who do you got, King Sharks tonight? Uh, Cap just texted. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I got a feeling they're going to be uh, they're going to be a lot of goals. Uh, they're going to be a lot of goals tonight. So, but let, let's see if you get overly excited after. Uh, after that. Why do I have a feeling you, Edzo, and Brian will be texting throughout the afternoon uh, as you get your feet wet watching the ponies? 
Yeah, no, that, that that's oh, a boy. common theme. That's a common theme. And uh, look at we just, look at we just want one winner today. That's all we're looking for. We're just yeah. looking for one winner today. I got a little right. drought going here. Well, yeah. the Hawks are looking for a winner tonight in Columbus. You'll be on the call with Pat Foley. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you on the pregame show on our our favorite segment, the crossover. All right, boys. Look forward to it. keep up the great Thanks, work. We'll talk to you soon. That's Eddie Olchek joining us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian and I back to wrap things up on the other side. The Hockey Show. Presented by Coors Light. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the new ESPN Chicago app from anywhere. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill, thanks to our producer, Tyler Aki. This guy's the glue of ESPN 1000, Tyler Aki. He, I mean, he, no doubt about he it. handles like he's, he's a true point guard in every sense of the way. You're not cool he handles that. like 17 different shows. They line up on, 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 the, on the tarmac at, uh, at O'Hare, one after another. And this guy... Gets them off on time. Everybody's safe. You know, the pilot eh, might be a little nuts like, you know, the guy's looking at right now. But <laughs> he uh, he calms you down, gets you ready to go, and uh, and he rolls with everything. Like today, White Sox baseball was postponed. Their game against Kansas City. It's going to be made up on May 14th. It's split doubleheader. But the show must go on. White Sox weekly with... Connor McKnight will commence at 10.30, 10.30 to 12.30. And building a bridge to that will be Brian Hanley and Freddie Hubner. What do you uh, What do you guys got on the docket there to uh, set up well, White Sox we got, Weekly? To, in honor of Mike Murphy, we got 10 pounds of stuff to shove it in a five-pound bag. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, what do you make of the Bulls since the trade, too? I mean, Zach Levine goes, what, for 50 last right, night? Right, 50, they, but they... They blow a lead because... Yeah. That the Bulls team from a couple months ago reared its ugly head. So it's a work in progress, but uh, there are a lot of, lots, lots of things to like, certainly on the south side. And uh, good to see Jake Arietta grind one out the other day. So we've got some north side conversation coming as well. Little known fact uh, my sister in law, Katie, takes care of Zach Levine's dog when he's, he's on road trips. So really? Yeah. Yeah. That's just a little tidbit that you get on the hockey show. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Was but she I'm there when ship- that woman refused to leave the house? Yeah, came by un- unannounced and you know stalking Zach. Was it? I'm I not aware. I'm not. No, I'm not aware of that. Uh, yeah. But thanks. For, call thanks yes. for bringing that up, right? Well, and making things Zach's awfully fan, awkward. Zach's fan club is uh, a little yeah. uh, no. overexcited. Uh, so hey, we're excited. Hawks. They, they need to take minimum three of the next four against Columbus minimum. and Detroit. Two teams that are, are, they've put Bobby Ryan's done for the year. You've got, you know, Columbus trading players. I mean, it, it, it is, it is time. The, the Hawks are, I think they're nine and two against these two teams so far this year, nine and three, something like that. I mean, you've got to bury these guys and close the gap with Nashville. Nashville taking on Tampa and Dallas tonight and tomorrow. Well, you didn't like my idea of 5D on the power play, but I Conley, did not like that. Conley better be out there tonight. 
And uh, I'm with Edzo. Throw them on the first unit, too. Hey, you know, it, you know with the way they're going, one uh, power play goal in the last 20 opportunities, why not try it? Uh, that is a wrap on this edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Up next, Brian and Fred will jump in the cockpit, and uh, Tyler Aki will, uh, will get them uh, off the runway and escort you to White Sox Weekly at the bottom of the hour. We'll catch you next week. Hawks taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets pregame show tonight at 530. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Show. Brian, we'll see you next week. Take care, PB.